For the pregnancy process, what was the biggest surprise for you? Like what happened that you just didn't expect or that you thought was extremely weird? Hey, this is the Wellness Essentials Podcast. We for short. The We Podcast is all things health and wellness, a place where women like you can come to be their authentic selves and be a part of a community that supports them in their health journey and every stage of life. This is the podcast for engaging health and wellness entertainment with actionable steps you can take into your everyday life. No topic is off limits when it comes to health and women's lifestyle. Let's face it, being a woman comes with all sorts of fun. Hear real, raw conversations and teachings from experts and everyday women who have been in your shoes and get inspired to make things happen and have the tools to do so. This is the WE Podcast. Hello, this is Laura with Checkable Medical, and today I am excited to welcome my longtime friend, Callie Swenson, who is a mom of two beautiful little girls, and today we're going to be talking a little bit about what it's like to be a first-time mom and preparing for motherhood and all the good things that come around with that. Um, So I'm going to let Callie just tell us a little bit about herself, and then we'll get started. Hi. Well, thank you for having me. Um, Like Laura said, I am a mom to two little girls, Olivia and Everly. I guess I'm part of the two under two club since Olivia is 20 months and Everly is two months. So yeah, I'm a full time stay at home mom, but I also do some collaborating for a local blog and also my own blog. Been married for three years and we actually live in a pretty small home, 980 square feet, but um, it's both been challenging and wonderful for us as we are growing our family. Awesome. Kelly, did you always know that you wanted to be a mom? Yeah. Um, it's funny because whenever people would talk about their dream wedding, <laughs> I sometimes I'm like, I, I didn't really ever find myself daydreaming about that much growing up, but I absolutely thought about being a mom and my mom did daycare growing up. And so I was around a lot of kids all the time and I have two younger sisters and I just feel like it was something that I always knew if I were able to have kids, I would absolutely love that. So yeah, I knew that that was something I wanted. So you've always been kind of a natural caretaker with having little ones around all the time. Yeah, I think kind of being the oldest of uh, three, you sometimes find yourself almost like a second parent, you know, kind of being the oldest and helping with the younger siblings. Um, And then with my mom doing daycare, I was just kind of always around kids and helping out with that. So, you know, I enjoyed it. I feel like that's kind of part of my personality is enjoying and being nurturing and that kind of thing. So, yeah. Well, first came love, and then came marriage, and then came babies in the baby carriage. (laughs) After you kind of settled into your life with your husband, did you find that there was something that said to you, like, now is the time that I'm ready to have babies? Um, You know, we both talked a lot about in our dating, we're like, we definitely want children. And... (laughs) 
We always said we want an even number of children, so two or four. I'm fine with three also, (laughs) but for some reason in our heads, it made sense with two or four. So we're at two now, but we knew shortly after we got married, we really wanted to start trying and see if that were something that would be possible for us. Did you do anything mentally, emotionally, physically to help kind of prepare yourself for pregnancy? Yeah. I mean, physically, I wanted to be at a a healthy weight. I actually put on a little bit more weight than my baseline, I guess. And um, so physically, I kind of maybe prepared that way. I started taking more vitamins. And by more more vitamins, I mean like taking multivitamin because prior to that, I was not great at doing that. And I actually tracked my, I don't, well, first of all, I I don't know how TMI you want to go, but I would track my cycles so that I understand. Anything goes. Okay. I was like, I feel like there's no such thing as TMI. When you're talking about being a mom or pregnancy, it's just kind of out there. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, um, yeah, I started tracking my ovulation to kind of understand that part. And then, you know, mentally, and I would say relationally, you know, I just wanted to make sure Jordan and I were, again, on the same page. Um, I think we had a fantastic dating life. We got to do some traveling and even our honeymoon, we went to Hawaii. And so I felt like we had kind of had some time together before having kids, which I think is kind of important and might help lay the foundation for when you get to that point, just to make sure you you two are on the same page. I think that's really important. So I felt like we were at a good place to, yeah, even though right after marriage, we got pregnant shortly after it felt like it was, you know, a, a good time for us or the right time. Yeah. I love that, that you guys had some time as a couple before you had time as parents. I think that's always a, a nice thing to have. Can you tell us a little bit about you, how your pregnancy went? We really want to like help maybe people that are thinking about becoming a mom know what to expect, because I still think that there's a little bit of stigma around talking about the whole pregnancy experience and what we go through physically and emotionally during that. Absolutely. So whenever people ask me this question, I don't want to be like negative or too like scary, but I, I feel like it's important to be honest. And I feel like there was some things I experienced in my pregnancy that maybe I were, I was surprised by. So I kind of like to lean into that because I think that that's important that um, moms know that it's it's normal. So what I'm talking about is um, like I felt like, <laughs> you know, you hear about the glow and being pregnant, you're just going to be like, I don't know. I had this expectation I'm going to be like feeling the glow and feel so radiant and and feel like a superhero woman who's making a baby. And I did feel some of that, but I also like – went through these body changes. I was very sick with both my pregnancies. I had a lot of weight gain with both my pregnancies and nothing where it was, you know, necessarily concerning, but it was hard for me mentally, I think, to kind of come to terms with that because I felt like I was supposed to experience this like transformative, like, I don't know how you would explain it, but I felt like I was doing it wrong in my mind. I was like, oh, I I thought I would feel one way and I totally feel differently. So um, I had a lot of fatigue at the beginning. I think that just really giving yourself a lot of grace when you're, especially in those early weeks, um, and you might experience some fatigue and 
uh, nausea. And some people do feel great. And I'm jealous of those people sometimes. But um, know that it's normal if you don't feel your best or you don't feel like you're necessarily experiencing the glow. (laughs) (laughs) I hope that's not too negative. I mean, I no, no. And I think it's important to be real because I think people should know what to expect. I mean, pregnancy is not, not this small thing. I mean, maybe it's not that transformative mm-hmm. thing, but it's maybe it's, it's an important part of the process. And I think uh, if we can help prepare women for the beautiful things in pregnancy mm-hmm. and childbirth, and also the things that our moms never talked about. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, like, going to bed at 7 p.m. It sounds lame, but it might be normal in that time. And the other thing too is I think with my first pregnancy, everything felt like it was lasting forever, like the morning sickness, which is not actually just in the morning. I think that that's funny. They call it morning <laughs> sickness. <laughs> but, you know, it, it it didn't last very long in the grand scheme of things. But at the time, it felt like it was forever, you know, especially when you get in the third trimester and you're feeling heavier, um, babies moving around a lot. It might feel like you're just never going to sleep again. But, you know, you do recover and you do get through it. And so, um, you know, it is kind of short-lived in some aspect, but I, it's also very normal to feel like it's lasting forever as you're, you know, going through it. Did you have any like tips or tricks that you picked up during your pregnancy that you would ever share with like other moms? Yeah. So, um, I guess Unisom and vitamin B6 were both very helpful to me with the morning sickness, uh, peppermint or gum or other hard candies really helped kind of taper off being nauseous. And then, um, the other thing that I felt really helped me was at the very end where, well, kind of second to third trimester was having a really good belly band for when you're getting, um, when your stomach's just kind of starting to grow and, and take, um, take some of that pressure off your back and have a belly band. Um, I felt like those were kind of like the gadgety things or the tools that really helped me feel more comfortable. And I think that that does make a huge difference if you can find things that are working for your body. And of course, talk to your doctor and figure out what those things are. But, um, those are what really helped me. Oh, and, um, we had a fetal Doppler with our second pregnancy. And I think it's important that I didn't really, I didn't know anything about this before I was pregnant, but understanding the position of baby and then, um, your placenta. (laughs) So I had what's called an anterior placenta, which means it was in front and it makes it harder to feel baby kicking. So I was really worried because they say in your second pregnancy, you're going to feel baby kick sooner. And that wasn't the case. So I was actually really worried. Um, and we had a fetal Doppler, which, um, helped, but it was kind of spotty still. So just understanding kind of more about your body and how everything is working. And don't be afraid to ask questions. Like I would ask my doctor things and I would be like, sorry, I feel like I should know this, but she was great. She just kind of made me feel normal about it and said, you know, a lot of women have questions. And again, just, just ask the question and go for it. Cause that's only going to help you. What's the medical portion of pregnancy look like? Like, how do you know when to go into the doctor and how often do you see them? What do you do with them during those nine months? Yeah. So 
it's kind of weird because when you first get pregnant, my experience was you you call, ask a nurse, and you're like, "Hi, I'm I'm pregnant," and you're I'm excited, and what do I do now? And what's kind of scary is unless you're experiencing um, maybe bleeding or or something along those lines where there might be a concern. With Olivia, my first, I was told we're going to wait till eight weeks to go in. And then with Everly, they waited till 10 weeks for my first appointment. And although that sounds maybe short, (laughs) you know, when you're only a few weeks in, you kind of feel like that's a long, long ways away before you're going to see anything. Because at that point, you know, you're not feeling kicks and you might not even be experiencing um, any nauseousness or anything like that. So things just kind of feel the same and in a way that feels concerning because you don't really have anything indicating to you that you're still pregnant. So medically, I would just say be prepared for that first appointment to feel like it's really set far out. After that, they I believe they meet with you once a month until, oh gosh, I want to say it's somewhere in your second trimester. I would have to look it up again. Um, But then eventually it goes to every other week. And then I think it's at 30, I want to say 36 weeks. It goes to every week. I would have to double check that. Okay. Yeah. I've, I have no idea what that experience is like not having a child. So I was just curious yeah. about how often yeah. you see the doctor, what they actually like do with you when you're in there. The other thing too, that they'll do is each appointment, they take your blood pressure, ask you if you have any questions, concerns. The second trimester too, they may do an ultrasound at 12 weeks. <laughs> so I thought for sure they were going to do an ultrasound at eight weeks. And I went in and that was that first appointment. And Jordan and I were both so disappointed because we thought, oh, we're going to do an ultrasound. We're going to be able to see the baby. And actually they didn't do it at my first appointment. I was like, I cried in the car because I had waited all those <laughs> weeks to see yeah. my little spot on the ultrasound, <laughs> ultrasound and get my picture, you know, whatever. It didn't happen. So be prepared that that might not happen. They may wait, wait till I think it's 12 weeks for sure. They'll do your first ultrasound. And then they do the big I call it the big ultrasound (laughs) around 20 weeks. So the full anatomy of baby, which is kind of the special one when you get to see um, maybe more of baby's features and find out the sex if you want to. Um, So that one's really, really exciting. And that's smack dab in the middle. And then as you get to the end, it's, yeah, it's pretty much every week. And things change quickly (laughs) because um, Olivia was breech, uh, which means feet down first and they want baby head down. So the last couple of weeks, I would just expect things to change and try to be flexible. If you can be flexible, um, because yeah, things are, baby kind of decides how they're going to come and what position they're in. And you just kind of revolve your world around that at the end, especially. So, right. And as a person who likes to plan, that's very difficult because, you know, you kind of want to know the I'm plan sure. and you want to know who's, who's going to watch the other children. And, and it's all up to this tiny little being. Yeah. And they could come on their own or you might have an induction or C-section. So, and you might have that scheduled and that could change, which is what happened to us. How important did you feel it was to have your partner be a part of all of this leading up to labor? Yeah, I'm a huge advocate for the more you can be educated as a couple, I feel like that's just a better starting point when you actually um, 
meet baby and are starting your journey into parenthood because um, there's so much stress that does come with having a baby and so many wonderful things too, but having a really good partnership and being on the same page again. So ways you can put that into practice is a lot of hospitals will offer parenting classes and I think a lot of them are online now, but they might go specifically into breastfeeding. They might talk about car seat safety. Like there's a lot of different ways that they break it up, but do as many of them as you can with your partner because there's just a lot of information that I feel like I feel like sometimes women are like expected to be the ones to know all of that. And I think that trying to do that on your own when you're, you know, fatigued and trying to nurse and learn all these other things is just kind of daunting. So having a good partner, I feel is very important. Um one thing they told us in the breastfeeding class is have your partners come to this because baby might not latch and you might not remember everything from class, but your, your partner might. Um, so it's kind of funny because there were times I struggled with nursing with Olivia and Jordan would just come in the room and be like, Oh yeah, I remember she has to, you have to sandwich your boob this way. <laughs> like it sounds weird, <laughs> but you know, or, or yeah. try, remember that position they showed us where she has her legs back behind you instead of in front. You know, I just think that being in that together is special and it kind of takes the stress off of having just one person be responsible for all that and really think of it as being like a, a team in it. Cause yeah, it's, it is hard and, but it's also wonderful. Oh, yeah, I love that. It's kind of like you said, it's a team and fathers shouldn't have to wait until the baby's born to be involved. And Mm-mm. I think it's also good for men to learn more about what a woman's body goes through during pregnancy and birth because it's a lot. And I think we could reuse some empathy from our male partners during the pregnancy and birth process. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And just the other thing too is understanding postpartum depression and and anxiety um, and what that looks like because they're actually, well, similar but different. And so if your partner can have a lens for that when you, you know, may not be able to quite see what's going on or again, you're fatigued or you're experiencing some things that just aren't normal for you, you know, having somebody who can really keep an eye out for that, I think is just, I don't know. I think that that's, again, important and going to help you together in the end and help your little one, you know? (laughs) No, yeah, I totally get it. It's, It's all about that teamwork and having that shared mentality for the parenting and the work that goes into raising tiny little humans. Yeah. We worked out like a partner system too, where not our agreement, but just sort of what worked out is I would nurse at night, especially at those early stages, you're kind of nursing every two, three hours. And so I would nurse and then Jordan would take Olivia or Everly and then do the diaper change. And, you know, if I had to pump after nursing, then he would go wash all the pump parts and come back to bed. And that was nice so that I'm not up even longer doing those things you know, I can feed baby and then pass her off to him. And we found that to be a really good system. And I've heard that from other moms too, that uh, if you can work out something like that for nighttime feedings, that might help both of you. Did that kind of understanding work itself out organically? Or did you guys sit down and say like, I think this will work best? For us, it just kind of happened. 
Jordan's pretty intuitive, so I feel like he just kind of knew if she's not going to sleep, it, it's going to really, you know, he understands that that's, he's seen how that would affect me maybe after. Yeah, I would say that it mostly worked itself out organically that we just kind of fell into that rhythm. And then when we had a second baby, we were like, oh yeah, you know, that system really worked well. <laughs> Jordan's a big systems guy. So he's like, okay, this is most effect, you know, efficient. Yeah. Uh, let's do this. But you know, not everyone thinks that way, but yeah, I would say either someone, you know, sit down and talk about it together or just go through it, see what's working, talk about what's not working, those kinds of things. The team at Checkable Medical is famously fussy about what goes into their bodies. Optimal health at every stage and every age is key to living a life you love. Choose better supplements with superior ingredients in simple, easy-to-absorb formats that fit into your daily life. Feel your best with Checkable Wellness. If you're ready to get started, check out CheckableWellness.com for more details. Your healthcare begins at home. For the pregnancy process, what was the biggest surprise for you? Like what happened that you just didn't expect or that you thought was extremely weird? From being pregnant? Oh. Yeah. Um, those first few kicks are, I always thought it'd be like, I'd be walking somewhere and I'd feel the first kick and I'd know it's the first kick. And again, it would be magical or something <laughs> along those lines. But it was more like, huh, was that gas or was that something else? And then you realize over time, it's not just gas. And I know yeah. that that sounds silly, but um, I think again, it's kind of like when I was first sick, I was like, oh, am I just, did I eat something bad or is this going to be like sticking around for a while, you know? So I think sometimes just trying to just pay attention to your body and again, ask your doctor if there's anything you're experiencing that you're not sure if it's normal. Um, there were a few times where I wouldn't feel baby kick and I was really worried about that. So I would call and ask and they'd walk me through what to look for, what to do. Um, so yeah, I think that that was surprising. Just things happen in your body and you kind of feel like it maybe would be more defined, but it's kind of like, oh, what, what what is this? You know, like, yeah. same with my pregnancy, actually, actually finding out that I'm pregnant. Again, we knew we were trying, so we knew kind of how many days we had to wait after conception to look at or take a pregnancy test. And so when I looked at my pregnancy test, it was the faintest pink little line. And I honestly couldn't tell. Like I was in the bathroom squinting, like, am I pregnant? Am I not pregnant? Like, I can't really tell. And I had to go online to these like forms where other women are <laughs> posting their pregnancy tests saying, can you see the line? So I think there's so much as you're going through pregnancy, you're like, what is this? Is this what I think it is? So, um, knowing that you might be surprised as you go along that that's normal. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, there was a lot of surprises, I think along the way. So would you feel comfortable telling us a little bit about your birth story? Like how did it yeah. start and how did it go and ins and outs of that? Sure. Both girls were inductions, so I can kind of speak to how things are the same but different. With Olivia, I had gone in. I knew that I wanted to try and remain flexible. It was important to me that I try and have a natural birth, which means unmedicated. I felt like if I could go all the way without any sort of uh, medical pain management that I would feel good about that. 
And so I did. I started off the day um, with the injection. They do um, Pitocin to get things going. Um, And I didn't really have any intervention until... So they started at 8 a.m. And I really didn't have any intervention until 8 p.m. And my thing about this is that, again, if you can just remain flexible, some people are really adamant, like, I'm going to do it this way and and that's fine. Um, Again, whatever works for you. But I got to a point where I was just incredibly fatigued. I started to really have more intense contractions to a point where I was feeling faint. And so for me, I was Mm -hmm. like, you know what, I can't continue like this or, you know, I I don't know. Like, I just felt like I was not well. (laughs) And so I was like, you know what, we're going to do the epidural. I got the epidural and then things kind of, I don't want to say progressed quickly from there. I was probably from 9 PM to midnight, things were progressing well, but not far enough. And then she didn't come till 345 in the morning. So between that midnight and three is when things kind of got really intense and I pushed for two hours. So I feel like I got the epidural late. It only worked on one side for me um, the first time. And so again, I'm glad I did it because it got me kind of further along faster than I think it would have if I hadn't had any intervention. Yeah. And then with Everly, same thing, started at eight in the morning. And then I actually knew I wanted to, I went into the day like, yep, I'm going to do the epidural this time. I'm just going to be at peace about that decision. Um, And I think I got it around noon. And then I started to progress pretty quickly after that. But I was surprised because shortly after I got my epidural, my blood pressure dropped. And so they had to help me out with that because I did not feel well. I felt really sick and faint and not quite sure what they gave me. But it helped me kind of recover from that. And then things progressed really quickly. I went from, there's all these numbers and things you learn as you're going through labor or, you know, just before. And so I went from a six to an eight, which is important because 10 is complete. And then I went from eight to a 10 within like, so four o'clock I was a six. And then I think it was 5.30 I was a out an eight. And then like 20 minutes later, I was like, I told Jordan, I'm like, I need to push. Like I'm a 10. Like he's like, no, they just took, you know, they just measured you. You're, you're only an eight. I'm like, no, go get the doctor. <laughs> sure enough, they came back, you know, 15, 20 minutes later and I was pushing and I pushed for 15 minutes and she was here, which is much different than pushing for two hours with Olivia. So I'm not really saying whether or not one is better than the other, but medically, I guess those are kind of the things that happened along the way. And then seasonally and all that kind of stuff, like Olivia was born in the spring and then Everly was born in the fall. So it was kind of fun having different experiences seasonally too. So when we looked out, it was kind of special because we went into the hospital and there was snow everywhere, you know, when we had Olivia. And when we left the hospital four days later, all the snow had melted and it felt like we were actually entering the spring and it felt like this really wonderful seasonal change. It was really, I don't know, Mm -hmm. it was kind of (laughs) neat. And then with Everly, she was born in October and we were only there for a day. So we got discharged like 24 hours later. So we weren't there for four days. So yeah. So I mean, two totally different experiences with some similarities, but again, just be prepared to 
ask a lot of questions if you need to, and then be prepared. You might be there for longer than you think, because with Olivia, we weren't prepared for that. I think we were going to plan to be there for two or three days, and we were there for four um, due to some of her um, a little concerned about jaundice. So whereas Everly, we were able to be discharged right away. Labor for someone who's never been through it. Could you explain, I don't know if there is a way to explain how it feels, but like the physicality of it, like what would you compare it to for somebody who's never been through it? Gosh, I always love seeing those videos when they like hook up a man to a machine. They're like, here's some labor (laughs) pains. I'm like, I don't need to hook up. I love my husband, but if he has a cold, I think he thinks he's in that much pain. (laughs) I'm terrible. I love him, but I was like, no, no, you don't know. (laughs) Okay. Here's something I can compare to. I love running and I had done a couple half marathons before. And so what I compare it to is sort of like a race. Maybe you start and you're just kind of at a particular pace for most of the, most of the race. And then you get to the end. And for me, when I, whenever I got to the end of a race, and you could see maybe more people lining the streets towards the end. I equate that with the pushing part. So for me, it's just kind of like things are going along and it kind of felt like, okay, when's the end coming? I'm just kind of, you know, like it hurts and, you know, I, I just kind of want to see the end, you know? Yeah. But then when I got to pushing, I got really excited both times. I was like, you know what? It hurts a lot. But for me, it was sort of like, this is what I showed up for. This is what we're going to do, you know, and actually nurses come in. It's kind of awesome. It almost is like a race (laughs) because these nurses come in and they're like, come on, Callie, push, you know, you got it, you know, push, push, push. (laughs) And there's people encouraging you. You really are like, for me, my eyes were shut a lot of the time. So you don't even know who's in there and you're just kind of like in your moment. And so for me, I, I guess I really enjoyed pushing, even though it's, it hurts and it is difficult and your body is like, full force doing this thing that's it's designed to do. And for me, I thought that that part was actually better than (laughs) pre-pushing. So yeah, I don't know if that would help anybody, but I think a lot of the times we're told like, oh, it hurts and oh, you're going to tear. Oh, you you might poop or, you know, you're kind of like almost afraid of it. But I found it actually really empowering and kind of like the grand finale to all of this. Because again, I struggled with enjoying pregnancy. And so knowing that we're literally in the last few seconds was like, I don't know. I really, really liked that part. And then really, you don't really know what's going on right after birth. Um, You know, you also birth your placenta after afterwards and they're possibly, you know, we're going to go TMI, but they might be stitching you up or there might be things coming out, you know, you really don't pay attention to that. And I know that this might sound cheesy, but you really do kind of forget all that when you are finally holding your, your little one. For your baby girls, did you get to hold them right away or do they take them away for a minute? How does that work? I did. Um, I did. So you can, before you go into, generally before you 
start the day or if possible before they kind of when they're triaging you, you go through your birth plan with them one more time. Um, a lot of the times weeks before uh, you meet with a coordinator and you say, these are my wishes. This is what I want to happen or not happen. And that's helpful because there's sort of a plan laid out as best you can. And so with us, we said we wanted delayed cord clamping because there's some benefits to baby with nutrients and stuff. So we waited for the cord to be clamped and then Jordan cut it. So I didn't hold her right right away because they kind of set her on your chest, but they might be waiting to do that. And then after the cords cut, then she was both times, both my girls were kind of nestled up close to me. But my experiences were different between the two because with Olivia, I could see her face right away just with the angle that laid her on me. Mm -hmm. But Everly, I actually couldn't see her for probably the first half hour or 45 minutes. And so it was special, but I actually didn't see her until I was able to kind of like lay her down in my arms and then start nursing her. And then I got to see her face, whereas Olivia, I saw it right away. And not that that really matters. I mean, I was enjoying my cuddles with my girls both times, but I kind of felt this like magic (laughs) in seeing Everly after I was able to kind of layer in a different position. So don't be afraid to like move your baby. Um, I think I was like scared to, for some reason, I felt like I can't move her from how she was, but you know, as long as their vitals and everything are good, a lot of the times they'll encourage skin to skin. So they'll want baby and you to be skin to skin together and um, yeah. And take as much time as you need. I think we had like an hour or two where I was just holding her and nursing her and even Jordan didn't even hold her either girls, I think for at least an hour or two after they were born. Cause we were just kind of having, excuse me, <clears throat> that time together, um, mom and baby. So you go through the big finale, you get to finally meet your little one. What does the care look like for your body after you've gone through that process? Yeah. Um, again, if they don't tell you, you should ask if you had a tear, um, and if what kind of additional care you might need for that. Again, we'll just go right into it. Olivia, I had a tear with Everly. I did not. Um, and so my recovery was quite different, I think for both. And so just asking those questions and then the hospital will equip you with what you need. So if you need pads and the different kind of mesh underwear, a lot of the time they will provide that for you. Um, again, check with your doctor and your actual hospital. But for me, I, I, I took a lot of this stuff from the hospital home, but I know free, I think it's freedom mom makes a lot of like a postpartum kit for moms. And my sister also recently had a baby and she found that to be helpful, you know, with just different, I think there was like a kind of similar to what comes from the hospital. Mm. I did make something called padsicles ahead of time. So you literally lay out pads and you can put like aloe vera, witch hazel, and I think you roll them up again and freeze them. And then when you're home, you can use those and that will provide a lot of comfort and relief. Again, I needed that more with Olivia than I did with Everly. And then take it easy physically because because I thought I didn't tear them in the clear, like you know, they do tell you to wait six weeks for a reason Mm -hmm. because I did try to do a light yoga practice. I think it was four weeks postpartum with Everly. And I really thought I was like, oh, it won't be a big deal, but I did have some additional bleeding. And, you know, 
I was sore a little bit after that. So really do take it easy. Don't be in a rush to get back to either working out or even being up on your feet, cleaning and all that, whatever stuff, you know, just really take time and bond with your baby and rest. Like that's all you need to do afterwards. So take it easy. (laughs) Did your body feel different to you after having your first child after being, you know, never having one and then going nine months with somebody in your belly and then they're all of a sudden gone. Yeah. Um, yeah, you do kind of miss again, pregnancy is difficult, but the thing I did love is, Oh, I get to sleep on my stomach and sleep was a little more comfortable, which was wonderful. But also, you know, your body is so different after birth and it's still changing and your placenta, I didn't know this, is actually still shrinking and moving down um, and going back to its original size. And so that takes time. And and so you're going to have a lot of bleeding and you're still going to have a mom. uh, You might still look pregnant, quite honestly, and that is so normal. And it's okay that that happens and it's okay you look different. I call them tiger stripes, like I'm empowered by them, but I have a lot of stretch marks that I didn't have before. And I think just knowing that your body really has done this miraculous thing and you've birthed a human and be graceful to yourself. Because for me, it was hard to get out old clothes and be like, okay, I'm going to fit in these again. You know, that might not happen postpartum. It might not happen or it may happen. I, I guess everybody, everybody's bodies are different, but just expect that things take time and it's okay. And it's important that you take care of yourself mentally while you're kind of going through the journey of becoming a new mom. Mm -hmm. So for, um, your two experiences, it sounded like one, you were in the hospital for a couple days with Olivia because of jaundice things. And then with your second baby, it sounded like you're in and out pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Is there things that you would recommend to parents to one, like if they are going to be there for a couple of days, what they should have in their to-go bag, things that they should prepare for the hospital before labor? Um, Kind of going back to how your body changes. I brought a bunch of like pre-pregnancy leggings that I was like, sweet, I'll wear those. Um, no, <laughs> for me, it was like, I should have brought more maternity clothes. And I know that sounds silly, but again, you're, you need to give your body like room to kind of do its thing. So for me, I brought a lot of maternity clothes when I was in the hospital with Everly, just in case we were there for a few more days because with Olivia, we were there and things are very restrictive and it was hard to feel comfortable. Bring nursing bras because if you do choose to nurse, you want to be able to just do that comfortably and quickly. There's nurses who are coming in and out. Um, They might have a lactation consultant on site who can help you. And so if you can just kind of be able to nurse comfortably and quickly, that is nice to have those handy. So a lot of the times I tell moms, nursing bras, comfortable maternity pants. Um, A lot of the times they're going to provide, they even had like a hairdryer there. So you don't really have to worry about that. They'll have shampoo, conditioner, (laughs) some of the toiletries that if you are like, I'm going into labor now, I don't have anything I can comfortably say, at least in our situation, that the hospital provided a lot of those things. Mm -hmm. But again, kind of consider what you want. And then, um, so our hospital provided a really big water bottle. But if they don't, then I would suggest getting a really big water bottle because 
again, if you're nursing and just recovering from birth, you're going to want to be drinking lots and lots of fluids. So make sure you're drinking water when you are postpartum and stay on top of that because your body, again, it needs it. Yeah. Well, we're getting up to close to the end of our time here. I almost feel like we need to do like a part two about like those first few months as a mom. But um, did you have any other last words for any moms about the pregnancy or the birthing process that you'd like to impart your wisdom on? Um, again, just give yourself grace. Um, try and ask for help. Um, that was hard for me my first time. But just know that, again, it's normal to ask questions. It's okay to feel like you're maybe not enjoying pregnancy as much as you had hoped or birth or postpartum. You know, there might be parts you enjoy and there might be parts that are, are hard. And so just really lean into the community around you. Talk to your doctor if you need to find somebody like a counselor or therapist to talk to afterwards. Again, try to do that. You know, it's very accessible nowadays with after going through COVID. I feel like online platforms, it's a little easier to meet with people if you need to, whether it's a friend or Mm -hmm. again, a, a professional, but just try to have community around you and give yourself grace and rest. I think that those would be kind of the three things I would say to a a new mom. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us and imparting some of your wisdom. And I think we will have to probably do a part two because I think we just barely touched the tip of the iceberg. And there's so much more we can learn about those first few months as a new mom. But yeah, thanks again for joining us on the Wellness Essential Podcast. Thank you for having me. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the We Podcast as much as us. If you want more wellness goodies, head over to the wellnessessentialspodcast.com for show notes, links, and resources mentioned in today's podcast. Remember to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform to get all the wellness details as soon as they are released. Cheers to living your healthiest and happiest life.